Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. Good morning. Someone's mowing the lawn. Some of us are sitting with great difficulty, with heartbreak. Some are holding on to some resentments, ideas. Some of us are in the process of opening and closing, like most of us really. I certainly am. Opening and closing, opening and closing. Ah. There have been so many teachings, wonderful teachings from Shinzon and Chodo and Diane. And so moving to see people cleaning the dust in particular during Salmo. It breaks my heart open. How important. And then after Samu, to see areas fresher, cared for. The cleaning crew to me is in some ways the crew. The most important. Often actually when someone becomes a senior student, they have to clean all the hallways and the toilets because until we really understand how important that is, what are we doing? The moving quality of session for me is all of us. All of us in our complexity. I've yet to meet one person who's one thing. I'm open to meeting them, but I've yet to experience that. And I know for myself, so much of my suffering, it comes from that place of kind of wanting you to see me in a certain way, to be one thing. Or I want you to be one thing. And where is there a place to meet? Where is there freedom when we want other people to be something else? Or we want ourselves to be something else? 
in Luke 26 through 37. It's one of my favorite sections in the Gospels. Sometimes just referred to man living in the tombs. But it tells a story of, you know, probably the most famous Jew in the world, Jesus coming sailing in. Because he hears that there is a man tormented there. Some versions of the story have the villagers chaining him up. Some have versions of the story have himself chaining himself up. And what's happened is that he's filled with demons. And my favorite part of the story is Jesus asks the man his name, and he said, my name is Legion. So accurate. Maybe all of us could take that on too. What is your name? As if we're one thing, like, oh, I'm Koshin, or you're Shinzon, Diane. We're really all our legions. We're not one thing. and yet want to be. And the story goes that the legion is cast out and that's a kind of a dramatic story. But I'm more interested in what before the casting out of what we actually all live with, our demons, our complexity, our legion, I'm deeply curious about that in myself. Recently, a woman that I spend time working with um, asked me, she helped me work on my first book and then we're working on another project and she said, you know, how the fuck did you, like, deal with all of that? <laughs> with all of your stuff? She's like, I don't actually get it. And I paused and I said, that's a wonderful question. <laughs> so lately I've been thinking about, what is that? as if there's one answer. But this week I've been sitting with a lot of heat and fire, welcoming it, curious about it. It has a mix of purifying fire and some rage in there. Mm. feels connected to so many things past and present 
thinking about friends of ours who are down at the border in front of the camps that are set up. Thinking about cruelty outside and inside. My own cruelty. And the cruelty of others. So to me, I, the story, you know, I always tend to stop the story at the word legion. I kind of want them not to cast it out. For myself, my own experience has been, how do I work with that legion? There's actually a, a comic that I loved as a kid called X-Men. And there was a character called Legion who was also the son of Holocaust survivors. And he too had a lot to deal with and he had all these different voices and experiences in himself. I felt so connected to him. I felt seen in a strange way in a comic book. And his journey really was to figure out how to heal and to be with his multiplicity. With his rage, with his anger, with his, all of it craziness, reactivity. He mostly got into trouble when he was very reactive. I have the similar experience. When I hold on to stories about other people and what they've done to me, it doesn't tend to go so well, in particular in this practice, in particular in intimacy. When I was a kid, I discovered that the year I was born, my guardian deity was this being called Fudomyo, who is this amazing image. Some of you know in the city, in the Dogsan room, Chodo got me this amazing statue of Fudo. And he's really ugly. <laughs> He has a tooth that goes up and a tooth that goes down. He's bare-chested. He has a sword and a rope. And often he's engulfed in flames. Lives in the fire. And he is in direct relationship with demons. Oftentimes they're around him in his feet or with his rope he's kind of bound them up or sometimes there's one under his foot going <laughs> so he learns how and his work as a protector of the Dharma is to 
subdue the demons. So in some ways to subdue the reactivity of them. Or kind of like Diane's talk, not now, demon, not now. Not now, old reactivity of creating an other, of creating an enemy. And he's never, you know, the image is never that he's crushing them. He's just like, you know, come on. So there's this togetherness. Fuda only exists because demons exist. The protector quality in ourself only exists because demons exist. Our awakening being exists because there's delusion all the time. 24-7 delusion. In Samu today, we um, were just reminding people in the dedication where it says, you know, thank you to our founders and their teacher and Shinzon and and then everyone tends to like get up after they, you know, bow our heads at that point. But I said, please don't. You know, the next part is saying, you know, may they realize their vows and may they be accomplished in their vows because we're working too. <laughs> and we need help too. Because like everyone, we're like this Manjushri statue that's been with us all week. There he is, or she is, just looking pretty good. And only in relationship to the wildness that she is sitting on. This kind of demon with claws and a lot of teeth. We have to be in relationship with our legion. And to me, this is the beauty of session. Recently, a friend told me that the word shin that we love very much often is understood as heart or heart-mind. And she was saying, oh, that doesn't really capture it. She said it's wholeness. Our wholeness. Wholeness touching itself. Your legion touching itself. Yes, I am many, as our friend Walt Mittman talked about. I am multitudes. For me, this week, and <laughs> Chodo said to me recently, like, what's your whole deal with the Hara, you know? <laughs>
reasons I love him so much. <laughs> For me, it's the hara is the place of possibility and integration, deep rooted in our bodies. And you can feel who's in their hara and who's not, just by how they're sitting. You can see when people are mm, or or who's just like, okay. So of course I felt slightly defensive <laughs> for a moment. But I realized that really I just trust my experience of it. And when my heart and mind, or when my wholeness is located in this area, a couple inches below my belly button, I tend to function in a much more loving way. And I learned recently, after Chodo asked me that question, that uh, Japanese physicians actually use traditional Japanese physicians use the hara and the softness of it to determine the state of your well-being. It's so interesting. Instead of taking your pulse, they see how soft your belly is and how flexible. And I know for me that my well-being is so related to my hara. And in Chinese medicine, that area is also called the seat of qi, the seat of our energy. It's also, there's a point right there that's called the gate of origin. It sounds promising. <laughs> Why don't we enter it? In particular, in these moments of flickers of reactivity that I've had this week, just coming back to that. <sighs> wow. Look at me. Running off with a story. Creating an enemy. As I often say, none of us have to practice that. I definitely do not need to practice separating myself from others. I've yet to meet a person who needs to practice separating themselves from all of humanity. It is also called the stone gate. I love that too. The earthiness that I feel. And so much more in relationship to all that is possible. Like noticing when my breath is up here ah, and just bring it back.
I have pages and pages of notes. More and more I just find so little interest in them. Ah, but I did want to talk about this. These different qualities of Fudo that I have been exploring this week. So Fudo means immovable. So for me, to be in our hara, to be in that gate, is a place of immovability and integration. So one expression is fudo shin or fudo, the immovability of our wholeness, coming back to our basic nature. What would that be like to keep returning to? Ah. I'm here. And in Zazen we practice Fudo Tai, the immovable body, so that's why we don't move around. What would it be like not to move around in our mind? but just like keep coming back and coming back and coming back. I find the temptation of my legion to get swept away into my old sedimentary layers of thinking very tempting. I think that's why they call it the temptations of the devil. This week we've been chanting the Daihishin Dharani. That is actually one of my favorite things to chant. I've actually never knew what it meant. And this week, Shinzon shared with me what it means. So I want to talk about a couple lines from that. But more than anything, I've been chanting it, I don't know, 30 years. And Every time I chant it, I feel full of energy. So excited. In the beginning of it, it says, this chant is to the one who performs a leap beyond all fears. To me, that is such a wonderful practice to leap. Like, know your fear, like, oh, 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 and, le- and leap from that. Know it and leap from it. Know it's part of you and not live in it. And then later it says, do, do the work. with an exclamation point. Hold fast, hold fast, it says. Doesn't say hold fast into your clinging or your opinions.
says, move, move, move your illusions away. Clear out the fog. It says, a joy springs up in me when my illusions are blown away. When I'm not living in my story. Ah, a joy. It reminds me of that, that cartoon Shinzan talked about, about the lines of the people in the past and the future, people so interested in those lines. But to me, the joy springs up in me when I'm just here, dropping the story. <laughs> and then it says later, be awakened, be awakened, have awakened, have awakened. To be it and to have it. And then near it, the end it says, to the boar-faced one, wholeness. To the one with the lion's head and face, wholeness. to all those kinds of faces. The boar often gets a bad rap and is often the image sometimes from early iconography of demons. What about to the boar-faced one wholeness, welcoming everything, that our lionness and our boorishness is part of our wholeness. It's all easy to say, as Diane often reminds us. It reminds me. But the willingness is everything. And the willingness never ceases. The need for willingness never ceases. In the introduction to the eighth case of the Blue Cliff Record, it says, if you understand, you can make use of it on the road. Like a dragon finding water, like a tiger in the mountains. Totally in our element. If you don't understand, you're like a ram stuck in a fence. <laughs> Anyone ever have that experience? The images are so great. <laughs> if you don't understand, if you're lost in your story of how things are, my experience 
tends to be like a ram stuck in a fence. Many times this week, I've been that ram. How about you? says, if you can make use of it on the road, when you meet a connoisseur, you distinguish what is appropriate to the occasion, discerning the acceptable from the faulty. You witness enlightenment together. When you make use of it, because it's all about how we function. Doesn't matter your thoughts about it. It doesn't matter what you think is true. It matters how you function, how you treat people. And that applies to our time together in session too. How we hold the container together. Even when we're lost in thought, that impacts other people. You can feel when the group in the room is full of concentration. It's so amazing. If, however, if you're lost in thought, with a single eye you cut off the ten directions and become inaccessible. So when you're lost in thought, such an amazing description. How did they know this a thousand years ago? We don't know. They were investigating. They were paying attention. So true, right? So with a single eye, you cut off the 10 directions and become inaccessible. When you're lost in thought, that is kind of how it feels. You're inaccessible. But oftentimes, the crazy part is we want people to be connected to us, but we are so lost in our thought that we're inaccessible. And then sometimes I have a habit of sometimes blaming somebody else for it. Why don't they see me? Anyone ever do that? Don't realize that you're the inaccessible one. Damn it. Why aren't they snuggling me or telling me how I'm doing? I've done that tons. To me, it's such a delusion that's so popular. It's like aging. Everybody is aging. Everyone cuts themselves off and makes themselves inaccessible. 
So we don't have to practice that. We just have to notice it and become aware of it and take responsibility for it. We have a short time left. I have pages and pages of notes left, but we're just going to let those go. But to me, how do you use the remaining time in your life? Not just at session. To be in relationship with both your boar face and your lion face. To welcome the legion. To know which to encourage and which really don't need encouragement. How do we learn how to be more loving and show up in a fresh way? We don't have to practice drinking the same old pond water. We can actually experience ourselves like that dragon in the water and the lion in the mountains. Tiger. Tiger in the mountains. What are we waiting for? I encourage you to consider the next just hours as a real mirror for our lives. What are you doing with your mind and your wholeness? Take responsibility and joyfully meet it. Perhaps. Perhaps.